Hi, we're the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Ben in LA and Andy in Oakland. Welcome guys. Um, and Andy, I'm going to come to you first for your football moment of game week 15. Yeah, my uh, my football moment of game week 15 is uh, the return of Big Sam taking points off the big boys with a pretty hopeless West Brom team, Sean of his best player. And still managing to come away with a point from Anfield. What a man. What an absolute hero. Well, I say hero, he's he's ruined my captaincy points on Salah this week. And probably a lot of people's captaincy points. I think with uh, with Mourinho being generally quite jolly this year, although he seems to have turned recently, but I think Big Sam coming back gives us the anti-hero we all need. He was even, um, as, as the anti-hero, he was even wearing his mask around his chin on the pitch. <laughs> what a great anti-hero. <laughs> I, uh, it, it was also classic. It's exactly how you thought a Big Sam team would get a point at Anfield. Basically park the bus and then from a corner, a giant heads it in. It was just like yeah, classic. So perfect. Like In the first part, you could see like, the game was just completely like exactly as Big Sam had wanted it to go. Like the first half, they literally didn't even try an attack for the entire first half and held it at 1-0. The second half, they came out and like played like a normal defensive team and tried to counter-attack. Won a few set pieces. Eventually, one of them was a goal. It was like perfect to Big Sam. Yeah, he's back. And he's, he's working his magic quite quickly. I kind of feel like West Brom are in a perfect state to be taken over by Allardyce because they haven't been playing that badly this season They've got a defender like Ajayi who can score from set pieces. And yeah, it's kind of, I think it's it's a perfect, that's that's why he's done it, hasn't it? He's he's waited for some rough fixtures and then he's taken them on. Okay, <laughs> Liverpool is pretty rough as well, but. <laughs> they waited for the easy fixtures to come in. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Um, but yeah, it's working already. How about you, Ben? What's your football moment of this week? Uh, so my my football moment is um, Carling Cup related. I, I know your your football moment will probably be uh, Arsenal's win over Chelsea, but uh, mine is Arsenal's loss in the Carling Cup. Um, well, oh, come on, the first time we get a win in how long? You are coming uh, in first with a loss. Thing because of um, your goalkeeper Runason. Um, I he became a bit of a story because he he fumbled a Mara shot in. Um, but I didn't know this, but apparently there, w- there were um, a bunch of people complaining about him being signed because he was, I think, in League 1 or 2 in the French League, was rated like one of the worst goalkeepers in France. So when Arsenal signed him over the summer, um, there were a lot of like, people who followed the French League which were like, well, what, what is Arteta doing? And they let Emi Martinez go. Um, and then, uh, so a lot of people were saying he was really set up to fail because he, Arsenal signed him and he's like actually <laughs> really bad. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Mares in his post-match interview was like, yeah, I didn't understand why he was standing so close to the post. Uh, <laughs> it's very rare that you have a, a Premier League yeah. footballer in a post-match interview comment on like how to goalkeep. <laughs> I was like, especially if they're not a goalkeeper yeah especially if they're not a goalkeeper and I was like who is this Alex Runison? like one of the, the worst rated goalkeepers in the French League um, so yeah I just found it all very interesting this yeah, is his agent uh, Keir Drabchin 
No, it's not. He's he's one of those keepers. You know, when you're a big club and you're searching for a second keeper and you really should go for the Man City route of Scott Carson or Chelsea went for, um, oh, who's that Caballero. keeper? No, no. Well, yeah, Caballero, but more like the English keeper who used to be pretty decent, but has dropped down to like championship or something like that, like Carson or Joe Hart. Uh, Joe Hart, that kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of. Like that's the way you go. You don't go to the to Dijon in Ligue 1 for a player who's not not good enough for their first team. Um, yeah, thank you for that, Ben. As you said, my highlight is a bit more positive for Arsenal. We finally got a win, and not just a win, a win at home in a London derby against a big team who are playing well this season. It's pretty awesome. Um, I think the biggest highlight is is Tierney, who's been our kind of shining light. Him and Bukayo Saka have been our shining light all through this kind of bad form and all through the season. And Tierney was the star again. And Saka, Saka, I think, got man of the match and was awesome. Not sure, not totally sure he meant that, but I love the fact that in his interview when he was asked, was that a cross or did you mean it? And he was like, oh yeah, with a big smile on his face, I saw the keeper of his line, so he decided to chip him. (laughs) 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 He's plainly had a bet in the dressing room to say, if you can pass that off with the the interviewers, that it's actually yours, then fair play. So they gave it to him on match of the day. They're like, well, he said he, he said he meant it. So maybe he does. Um, Yeah. It's just good fun. I thought Chelsea looked pretty ordinary. They, uh, I think it's been building for a little while, but I think the problems they've had with um, Werner kind of not scoring and not looking that effective in his, where he's positioned on the pitch and Abraham and Giroud kind of rotating and the fact that Giroud was in amazing form, but like with like with Giroud's career, career at Chelsea, the, the second he stopped scoring in, in one fixture, they just drop him again. Which is kind of crazy I think, because I think actually that's my fault. I put him into my team. I think that's really what caused this. Well, thank you, thank you, Andy, because uh, it worked. Tammy was pretty awful; didn't link up, and Pulisic is still coming back from injury. He's not ready yet. Ziyech is out, so they looked really blunt going forward until the final kind of ten minutes or so. And maybe those injuries to Chilwell and James had a bit of an effect because they definitely weren't their normal selves as well. So many people, Ben, you included, took a hit to get rid of them this week. And I was, was so annoyed because I saw them starting. I kept James thinking, I need this guy to play. <laughs> and they both returned with one point. I was oh, supporting dear. Arsenal so much because I was like, <laughs> fuck you, Frank. You you said Chilwell and James were going to be out for weeks. Then you try and be sneaky and start them. Yeah. So yeah. I was so happy when the Arsenal goals were going in. I was cheering them on. How, well, how, you how how much do you think that result was down to, to Chelsea being worse, being bad? And how much do you think of it was like Arsenal actually looking better than, or like William not playing, for example, is obviously an improvement for Arsenal. So how much do you think it was like yeah. the improvement on that, on Arsenal's side? And how much do you think it was under par from Chelsea? I think it, it was what it needed to be to get that result. I think we were, we looked constant, um, confident and positive. Um, and Chelsea weren't really their normal selves. It was kind of the Boxing Day match. They weren't totally up for it. Um, I think I think if maybe they'd score the first goal, um, then things might have been different, and it's that kind of thing where it's a team with low on confidence. If you get the first goal, their heads kind of drop, but that didn't happen. We got the first goal, you know, potentially fortunate with the penalty. Um, it's not. It wasn't the clearest penalty in the world, but that happens, and then, yeah. I think that that dictated a lot, that early goal. And being a penalty as well, I think that really helped. So a bit of both. 
And it's it's an important kind of point on Chelsea because their fixtures aren't brilliant. They're quite highly owned, especially the defenders. And now they're going into some not brilliant fixtures. They've got Man City coming up as well and potential, strong potential now for James and Chilwell to get rotated right with the game, the next game coming up pretty much like in a day or two. So, um, but yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to that a bit more when we when we go on to our topics. Ben, how, I mentioned you took a hit to get rid of Chilwell. What was your other transfers? Yeah, so um, this week, I did three transfers for one hit because I had a transfer banked. Um, so I did Chilwell to Robertson um, because I mistakenly thought West Brom, Newcastle coming up, those, are, those look nailed on clean sheets. Foolish, never bet against Big Sam. Very foolish, um, but also with an eye on the double game week. Uh, then I did Lamptey to Kufal. Lamptey's out for a couple weeks. Um, West Ham defender seems a good idea. Again, because of the double game week. Um, in game week 19, they have Burnley and West Brom at home. Um, although, from what I've been uh, reading, West Ham's defence now looks starting to look a little bit shaky. So, uh, not total great about that one. Um, and then my third substitution, which I had always planned, was um, Callum Wilson who actually got rested this weekend. So that was, that was good for Che Adams, which was not so good because he... Did you see that chance he missed? He missed basically an open goal. Wolfhouse hit the free kick, hit the crossbar, came down to Adams, he just missed it. Um, but that, that, again, is a double game week transfer. So it, none of I, it really yeah. worked out, but I feel like long-term it, you know, hopefully... Will. I think... I think the logic of those three transfers is bulletproof. Like Robertson bringing him in, West Brom at home, double game week with Burnley coming up, Kufal against Brighton, who are pretty goal shy, Burnley and West Brom coming up in their double game week. That's kind of perfect. Che Adams against Fulham, double game week coming up. I mean, and you got rid of Lamptey, who didn't play, Wilson, who didn't play, and Chilwell, who got a one-pointer and was rumoured not to be playing and carrying an injury. So I don't think you can beat yourself up at all, really. Yeah. So uh, I'm currently on 51 points, which will be 47 uh, with a hit, which I assume will be a red arrow, depending on what Spurs do. Um, my heroes of the team were Emmy Martinez. What a, another oh, such point. a legend. How did? Why did Arsenal sell him? What a legend! Well, I t- I, I'm on record saying that we should have kept him. Um, um, he made some yeah. big saves in that game too. Uh, they huge. were down to ten man. Uh, Bruno Fernandez, another casual double digit haul for Bruno. Does it every week? Um, I think we should just captain him every week. <laughs> and then uh, Bamford with eight points on penalties, which is I think oh. big news. It, it, I mean, we were talking about this before we recorded. Is it because he won it that he gets to take it? Because Klitsch, the penalty taker, was on the pitch at the time. But do you think he's on them for good now? I have no idea, but he definitely buried it top corner. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I didn't watch the game, though. It seemed very low scoring for a Leeds game. I don't know if they... Yeah, I don't know if Burnley parked the bus or, or Leeds were just... Uh... Leeds kept a clean sheet. This is massive. Yeah. It's I huge. They, they've done it a couple of times before. I think 
that style. You know, they're the Burnleys, they're the now West Broms, the West Hams, you know, the, the old fashioned English, like um, British, I should say, because Moyes, um, like long ball style team. They, they, they've come away with a few clean sheets from those games. Um, I don't know whether it's because the like that long ball style just doesn't work against Leeds and no one can score against them, or whether it's because they play different, differently explicitly against that style of team. But they, they've come away with a few clean sheets this season. Yeah, um, I, think it's I, I, I found I found Bamford's quote. He said, "It's always been me and Klitsch. I took them last year until I missed. Then Klitsch took them until he missed. He missed the other day. Uh, I thought it was still his job, but he said today, Pat, it's yours today. So not conclusive. Mm. Yeah, it's yours today. Mm. We'll yeah. see. At least hey, he's involved. That's pretty good." Sounds like a little bit of like when it's a bit like Manu when Fernandez sometimes gives it to Rashford out of like charity. Yeah, or like Jimenez and um, oh, he's the guy at Wolves who takes the penalties. Yeah, similar Ruben thing. Neves. Yeah, Ruben Neves when they were kind of sharing them and it was a bit uh, inconclusive. But hey, as a Bamford owner, as I'm sure most people are happy with that. So, what's your conundrum, Ben? If you have any in your lofty position of what like. 45,000 in the world. Yeah, my I think it will probably go into it in depth later, but um, my transfer this week is probably De Bruyne out. I watched the Man City-Newcastle game. He did miss a one-on-one, and they did fluff a bunch of his assists, but he doesn't look very good this season. I don't think he scored a goal from open play yet. Sometimes he plays pretty deep. Man City also look... Uh, not as free flowing. They seem a little bit more kind of uh, what's the word? Defensive, yeah, defensive actually. and tactical. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably get rid of De Bruyne for Son. Um, I'm hoping Son. We're potting before Wolves Spurs. I'm hoping Son holds off from punishing me, um, and hopefully he doesn't get injured in this game because that's going to be my. My transfer is going to be De Bruyne to Sun. Um, and but, what about the double game weeks? I guess it's not you're taking out a single game weeker for a single game weeker. Yeah, um, I think I feel like you need Son um, at least some Spurs coverage for um, Fulham at home, Leeds at home, um, and then they've got Sheffield United in the double game week, right? Yeah, and it doesn't feel like. Like who the, the main double game week midfielders I think you need are obviously Salah and Fernandez. Um, I guess you could double up with Mane or something like that, but um, yeah, I think I'll, I'm, I'm just choosing Son for kind of the short term. Fair enough. But How was you- so, I don't know. Getting De Bruyne out is always risky, right? Yeah, and the, the fixtures are, are lovely, like. Yeah, in a couple of weeks after Everton and Chelsea. So, yeah, it could be a short-term thing, couldn't it? In and then out again. Yeah. Or out and then in again. Andy, how about you? How was your game week? Um, I feel like it's it's really about to unfold my game week because um, I have Ringel on, on <laughs> Kane and Meto. So, for, for better or for worse, that's when it really unfolds. I mean, um, I got, I, I've been building my team with a view to the next sort of run of fixtures for a while now. So I've, I've doubled up on West Ham. We've got a great run. I've tripled up on um, Spurs. We've got a great run. And I thought I'd stolen a march by getting Greenwood and Giroud in as they seemed to be getting for the first team, but they've obviously both been dropped now. So um, this week I'll be getting rid of both of them 
and um, I've got a lot of kind of ideas in my in my mind about what to, what to do with, with with that money between them. They're worth about fourteen million, so um, and I've got what point two in the bank. So um, I've got to figure out how to divide fourteen odd million between um, an attacker and a midfielder. Um, so that's my thinking. Of, so at the moment, my my favorite idea is to. Well, I, I, and I, I go back and forth on this. Right now, in the last five minutes, my favorite idea is to go Greenwood for Ward Prowse, save some cash, and then uh, get Giroud out for somebody a little more expensive, which I'm toying between. It could be if Abraham is going to be first team, he scored in the last couple of games, that could be a good move. Um, I don't want to do DCL because my whole kind of um, like the move of getting Giroud in was to like get rid of DCL before his bad run of fixtures. And it seems to have sort of paid off so far. He hasn't scored in the last couple of fixtures. I just picked the wrong player to replace him with. Um, the other way to go would be to go someone for around Giroud's price point, which could be Antonio um, if he's back from injury. So I don't know whether he is or not. Um, could be Callum Wilson, could be Bamford, who I don't have yet. Um, and then stick with a, a seven, seven and a half million player in Greenwood spot, which is why I'm interested in talking Greenish later. Um, I'm not that keen on Zaha because yeah, he's he's gone gone quiet recently. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure who else is around that range that would be interesting. So my conundrum really is what to do with 14 million in those two positions. I have to say, I I don't massively like um, some of the options you've mentioned, like Tammy Abraham. Thought he looked really bad against Arsenal, and I think. He's the same as Giroud. If he plays, he often only gets 70 minutes and then he goes again. And Callum Wilson has just hit some nasty fixtures and doesn't have a double game week. Um, yeah, Ward-Prowse, he's cheap and he's been on good form, but they've just lost Vestergaard to a injury and possibly surgery until the end of January. So his big target for all those set pieces that he's been getting assists from is kind of gone. So that that you know he relies on his set pieces and a big part of that's gone so I, and antonio just oh god <laughs> <laughs> like the horror the 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 stress of owning him with all the injuries just don't go there so um well i i don't like my options my problem really like there no one's really standing out to me as like um yeah i definitely want that player i'm really kind of i feel like i'm forced into a corner and i'm trying to pick from players that I don't like any of. So I'm hoping for some... Like I, don't, I think Gre- I, we're going to talk Grealish later, but I'm not a big fan of that because everyone else has already got him. So it's, I don't need differentials. So I mean, who, who who's out there? Are you looking for differentials? Or are you looking for players who are going to yeah, be kind of steady and get returns well, consistently? I've even behind Gary now, so I'm looking for differentials. Differentials. Okay, so Bamford wouldn't be it, but I would say he would be a great pick potentially on penalties now, two home fixtures in the double game week, uh, a nice fixture coming up this uh, game week 16, I think, as well. Um, but it's really tough in the striking spots, um, really, really tough, because you're limited to players you can pick who have a double game week. Maybe can you stretch all the way to Vardy if you if you went down to... Well, let's what, see. If I, go, if I go down to Suchek instead of Greenwood, then I've got 8.9 in the bank. Suchek. Suchek is a good shout. He's Okay, he's not a huge differential, but he's not that highly owned. Maybe his ownership has crept up without me noticing recently, but 
Um, I know you, 9.4%, so it's still pretty low. He's got a double game week coming up with two really nice fixtures, and he's just a great he force. He every to game, too. It's so annoying. Yeah, he's, he's perfect. And you've got, you've got Fernandez, Salah, and Son, so he would, yeah, it would, wouldn't destroy your midfield. It, you could keep those expensive players, and then you've got lots of money to play with up front. And are you what saying you got? can't? You can't stretch to Vardy. No, I've got eight point nine, and Vardy's ten point one, so I'm miles off Vardy. Oh, that's quite how a about, long way. How about Anthony Martial? He's the exact Ooh. correct price, isn't he, Martial? <laughs> there you go. That's a huge differential with that's a double incredible. game week. The the other thing I was thinking is if you're comfortable playing Neto every week, Rashford I think is also pretty good differential. I really wanted to do that, you know. I was desperately trying to find a way of stretching to Rashford in midfield. But I just can't see a way of making that work. Like, if I go Rashford in midfield... How much does that leave you? That's the player I really want. But I would need to take an extra hit to do that. Mm. Uh, so he's 9.5 Rashford. So if I put him in, I've only got 4.5 to spend on my Yeah, but, but if you play Neto every week, you just play 4-5-1, right? Yeah. I suppose that's true, with there being like a, a, a bit of a lack of good strikers at the moment. I don't know, though. I'm, I'm a bit That's nervous. messing your team up for yeah. a long time. If you go Brewster and another 4.5 striker. And even worse, Rashford's got a shoulder injury, 75% chance of playing next week. I like the Martial and Suchek shout. They're both kind of differentials. They both have a double game week. No one's going Martial. And he's got two double-digit returns in his last three games. And after the double game week, they have Sheffield United at home. Before the double game week, they have two home fixtures, uh, Wolves and Aston Villa. It's, I think it's... Yeah. The only Martial is, I think, Cavani will sometimes come in for him, especially with fixture congestion. That's true, yeah. Yeah, he will. But I feel like um, thus far in the league, Martial has been... He hasn't been playing very well, but he's still been like every game he started centre-forward, right? So... The, the, the one thing that turned me against Martial is that he rotates with Rashford and then you've got a, like, mid-game, they switch positions and they've then got a centre-forward playing left wing. And if Rashford did get injured, I think probably the move would be move Martial to left wing and play Cavani up front. So then you've got a, a centre-forward playing on the wing. Um, but I'm not sure that is the end of the world because wingers score a lot, of go- a lot of goals in the modern game, don't they? So maybe that is the way to go. It's definitely an option. And one that other people won't be thinking about. So, yeah, worth considering. Uh, for me this week, I, I'm on 57 points. It's been a decent game week. I've still got Kane uh, just about to kick off as we're recording now. Um, yeah, um, Martinez, I mean, Ben's already mentioned him. What an absolute hero. I think I brought him in for a hit, which is kind of crazy for a goalkeeper, but he's definitely repaid me in the last four game weeks. Um Suchek, again, another 10-pointer. What an absolute legend. Um, Captain Salah, should have captained Fernandes, like Ben said. Potentially, it's a case of just putting the captaincy on Fernandes and leaving it. I've kind of got four. I've spent all my budget on Salah, De Bruyne, Fernandes, and Harry Kane, thinking that that's my captaincy sorted for, you know, for the whole season if they stay fit. But actually, I'm not so sure about Kane because... The way that Tottenham have been playing is quite um, conservative over quite a long period now, stretching all the way back to that three-all draw with West Ham. You know, Kane has been involved hugely, but if he is, it's normally nine points kind of maximum. And that's not 
kind of what I want for captaincy. That's good. But if I'm picking between those four players, I'm looking for double digits at least. Um, and the other three, well, the other two, Salah and Fernandez, are definitely getting it. So not so sure about Kane. But um, apart from that, conundrum-wise, I would say um, James is probably my conundrum at the moment. Uh, do I keep him or do I say, um, he, you know, he's got this, now we found out suddenly just after the deadline, uh, the game week before this one, he had a long-standing knee injury, potential surgery, fluid on the knee, they're not sure. And for me, that's alarm bells around this Christmas period because they've got a good backup in Aspilicueta who wants mi- minutes. Um, so is there no point in keeping him because he's, He's going to be a single game weaker in that double game week anyway. And they've got Man City coming up. What do you reckon, Ben? Yeah, I I would get rid. I don't think he's going to play the next game. He'll probably get rotated with Aspilicueta. It's never good having a play. (laughs) That's like they're having to manage a knee injury. Yeah. And I think there's some good options. I think another Man City defender... No double game week, though, and two tough fixtures, Everton and Chelsea, before they get into a nice yeah, run. that's true. Or a Liverpool defender. Can't stretch without taking a hit, unfortunately. And Or can you, depending on, <laughs> oh, depending on what we're Our topic later. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Well, that's a little teaser for our topic later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what Ben was thinking of, but... Uh, yeah, I do like I do like the idea of Trent, but I'd have to wait a week and hope that Kilman came off the bench if James didn't play, and that seems like a an unnecessary risk to take. So, yeah, who would you go for, Andy? If, and would you would you get rid of James? Um, I think I would be looking elsewhere. Yeah, I think James is probably not. Um, I don't know. I think he's not 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 nailed on and. The injury worries me a lot. I think he always had strong competition right in Aspilicueta. I think with the the result today, especially, like Lampard's going to be looking for changes to make for the next game as well. I think James would be prime among those. And then if if, if Dave plays well, then, uh, you know, could be out for a while. So I would say um, probably what I would do is I'd look at the teams that have a good set of fixtures coming up. And pick the. Uh, do you have any any cash in the bank, Duncan? Um, I got 0.4 in the bank. You got 0.4 in the bank, so you can actually stretch to a five and a half million defender. Yeah, yeah. But that's, there, that's the, the problem. That that area of defence has been cleared out um, recently, and you've either got the Liverpool, you know, super expensive seven point two, seven point three, or you're around the kind of four point seven eight nine bracket i don't think there's anything in the middle at the moment but this is a this is a perfect segue to our first talking point which is um this is game week 16 we're going into so it's the last chance to play your wild card if you haven't played your first wild card yet um so don't forget to use it if if it's only you know two or three players you're changing still use it but we're going to go and we're going to take one player each that we would recommend uh, to bring in based on the fact there's a double game week coming up and even possibly considering the fact that the fixtures before the double game week as well. Um, so Andy, you're kind of talking about defenders. Who would you go for 
who would be your defender to bring in at the moment if you're on your first wild card? Well, one team that have got a really nice looking run is West Ham. Um, and obviously, Ben mentioned he's brought in Kufal, which I consider to be a blatant copy of my strategy. Um, but other than Kufal, um, Cresswell is on free kicks. And he's been, even when West Ham have been conceding, he's been returning in my team. So um, I think if I was going to get rid of one of those two, I'd get rid of Kufal and keep Cresswell based on my experience so far. Um, so maybe that's a, an avenue to look down. If you look at the double game week, which I'm going to just fast forward to now. Um, Burnley and West Brom at home. Exactly. So that's solid. That's a really solid one for West Ham, right? Um, and after that, even after the that, they've got Crystal Palace, uh, Fulham and Sheffield United in the kind of six games after the double game week. The other team has a nice double game week defensive is Leeds. Um, they have Brighton and um, Southampton. And Southampton. Southampton. Uh, yeah, potentially Ingsless and Vestergaardless Southampton. So um, Leeds could be a decent one. Obviously, Stuart Dallas is, uh, is highly owned. Um, Ailings are a nailed-on starter. I've been looking at Alioski because he seems to get forward a lot and, and contribute going forward. He's, he's got a few uh, bonus points recently. Um, so that could save you some money if you were going to upgrade elsewhere. So, yeah, I think I'd be looking at either Leeds or West Ham defenders, which could save you some cash, too. Yeah, okay, nice. Um, what about you, Ben? Can I can I choose a goalkeeper? Yeah, of course. Uh, so, my pick is Sam Johnston from West Brom. Um, they have uh, Wolves and West Ham in the double. Um, I think he's a good kind of second goalkeeper if you're looking to bench boost in game week 19. I saw Matt has brought him in on his wildcard as well. Um, just a combination of you got the big Sam double decker bus and you got a double game week. You know, it feels like uh, it feels like double double. Uh, feels like a good second choice goalkeeper is my pick. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. Um, so it's it's a kind of budget defense we're building here. We've got a West Brom goalkeeper. We've got Leeds and West Ham defenders. I think I think um, the strategy that I'm really keen on for the double game week is doubling up on West Ham defenders. So, Andy, I totally agree with you on Cresswell and Kufal. Um, but I also throw in uh, Balbuena, 4.4. He's a centre-back. So it, even if the games are kind of stacking up quite close together and quite quick succession. Um, Centre-backs don't have to do as much running as some other players on the pitch. And he's dirt cheap at 4.4. He's someone you could bring in, you know, just for those double game weeks. Um, and then you could drop him down your bench and wait wait until they play Sheffield United and, and Fulham after that. So I think, yeah, one of those Cresswell, if you can stretch to him and then go for a more budget one, if you can only afford Babel. And I think that's quite nice. Um, apart from that, yeah, I kind of agree on Leeds. I was waiting to see what happened against Burnley, if they could keep a clean sheet, and they could. So, yeah, Brighton and West Brom coming up in the next kind of three, four game weeks. I like that. And I think Dallas is my only pick from the Leeds one. I'm not so sure about Alioski, Andy, just because if the defence starts to get sorted out, they're playing Ailing at centre-back at the moment. And I think... Um, once injuries, people come start coming back from injury, Alioski could lose his pace. He's not a definite first-teamer. 
and with my defence being an absolute mess for injuries and not playing at the moment, um, I'm just looking for starters. So that's where I would go. Um, what about midfielders, Andy? Who would you go for in midfield on your wild um, card? I think if you haven't got Salah, you've got to have Salah this season. Um, I think he's 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 he, out of him and Mane. They're generally pretty even. The, the clincher is that Salah takes penalties. I think. Um, so despite Mane getting all the points today, well, say all of the points they drew one all, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I think Salah's still probably the better the better pick for the double game week. Yeah, that's brilliant. I'm totally out on board with that. Um, anyone you think is less kind of highly owned or less being talked about at the moment? That's for you or for Ben. Um, I think <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about it a bit earlier, but I think Rashford could be um, a pretty good differential going to the double. I assume I think I think Bruno Fernandez is probably more central than Salah at the moment, um, but Rashford is interesting. I think um, as a nice differential, um, I think Manu Manu's defense is very suspect, but going forward, I think that we're always going to score goals, so. I think that could be a good one for the double as well. What do you think of uh, Matt's pick on his wild card? He's brought in the Leeds midfielder Rafinha at 5.4 million, a big differential. And he's had a bit of form recently. He's got two assists against Man United, goal against Everton. I say recently, I mean, that was back in game week 10. So it's a, it's a bit of a punt, but we've got good fixtures. Really like, you know? Yeah. I think it's really good. He shoots a lot, <laughs> like from all over the pitch. Um, so, you know, a couple of those fly in and it, at 5.4 million, that's a bargain. I thought very hard about him as well with my, uh, my conundrum. I think I'm going to go with the Suchek idea because I feel like he's more of a, a sort of nail on starter and more likely to return just, but Rafinha is definitely worth a look, I think. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I have anyone to add to all of that, to be honest. I think, I think it's really tough to find players who are a bit of a differential for this double game week because I think yeah it is those Salas those Fernandes uh, kind of players I think maybe we'll, we'll come on to this uh, next but De Bruyne is an interesting one Ben's talking about getting rid of him he's got a couple of not great fixtures with Everton and Chelsea coming up and then the double game week it's Brighton at home so that's pretty good but after that, the fixtures are really nice. Palace, West Brom, Sheffield United, Burnley. It's kind of perfect. So do you do you get him out now and then bring him back in after the double game week? Um, I'm just, I'm not going to be letting go of him, but we'll come on to him in a bit. Um, what about forwards? Ben, who would you go for? Who is the kind of hot tips for forwards in, in your wild card? I think a sneaky one that I haven't seen too many teams have is Jamie Vardy, um, because they have Crystal Palace and Newcastle leading up to the double game week, which are pretty good fixtures. Um, Southampton at home and Chelsea at home, probably not the easiest fixtures, but Jamie Vardy just always scores against the big teams. So I think he could be a, a cheeky kind of differential for the double game week. Um, I don't see too many teams having Vardy as well. Yeah, and I guess if you're in Kane like me, it's quite an easy swap, um, potentially just for the double game week because Tottenham have nice fixtures up until then, right? So, yeah, I like that shout. What about you, Andy? 
we've already discussed him. My um, my when, when we first mentioned this topic, I was going to say Martial, which is why I'm I'm now really in favour of that Suchek idea because um, I think that he has um, like he has a history of going on runs. Like he's good and then he's terrible and then he's good and then he's terrible. And I think he might just be lined up for one. Um, double game week, although Liverpool's a hard game. Fulham's one of the easiest games in the league. And Man are better away than at home. So he's got a good, good double game week and a decent run of fixtures outside that too. And Man U have quite a long run of decent fixtures now. So um, with so there's a couple of hard ones sort of put in the middle of that, but most of them are a good fixtures for a while. So um, I think... What I'm what I'm about to do is uh, <laughs> what I would recommend. <laughs> I think that makes good sense. Um, okay, what about what about KDB then? That's kind of the the players that we pick out if you're wildcarding now, thinking about the double game week. Ben, you you said you're thinking you get rid of him for Son. Um, are you going to then plan to get him back in, or do you just think Man City have changed the way they're playing? I, I originally planned to get him back in for. Palace, West Brom, Sheffield United, Burnley, that run. Um, but I kind of think Man City have changed the way they play in the sense that they're not, they're not free-flowing. They, they don't thrash too many teams now. They kind of go 2-0 up and then are very solid defensively, which is why I'm happy to keep Ruben Diaz for a long time in my team. Um, so I think I, you know, I'm going to make the Son move. Spurs are winning 1-0. Uh, they look pretty threatening right now. Um, and then I'm just going to monitor the form, I guess. I probably won't invest the Son. The De Bruyne's the Son downgrade is actually a lot of money. I may not invest in it just so I have the flexibility to um, bring back De Bruyne or maybe even Raheem Sterling, who is a bit under the radar. But, you know, he can always he can always become a big hitter, I feel. So, yeah, I think I feel pretty good about making the switch given what I saw of City versus Newcastle yesterday, where sometimes De Bruyne plays really deep. Um, yeah, and I'm just going to kind of monitor and see how the next couple game weeks go. The the other thing I was thinking about was, I think similar to you, Duncan, like try and get four big hitters in my team, um, which I think is actually a pretty good strategy. Um, I decided against it because I, I wanted a Liverpool premium defender. Um, but I think that's a good... I've definitely seen some teams do the four big hitters and it kind of has worked out because there, there are enough budget defenders where you can make it viable, but um, I think I've just gone for a more balanced team. So only three big hitters for me, which will be Bruno, Salah, Son. Who would your four be? Would, you, would it be Son, Salah, De Bruyne and Kane? Yeah, uh, it would be Bruno, Salah, Son, De Bruyne, I think. Okay, yeah. But depending on De Bruyne's form, I guess. Yeah. Kind of keep an eye on that. What yeah. about you, Andy? What do you reckon to KDB? I've been saying this for months. I think um, like the, the city that we know and have been watching for the last three years isn't the city that we're watching today. I think that um, Guardiola's in kind of uncharted territory where his like plan A team that he built has reached the end of a cycle and he's trying to figure out how to rebuild it because he's like first time in his career not left after that cycle um and it's it's stalling in if, if if in my opinion like it doesn't look like it's he really knows what he wants out of the team at the moment so he's sort of reverting the defense is the problem so he's put all of the effort into fixing the defense at the, at the expense of all the attacking like free-flowing football that we've seen up until now 
then KDB's lost in the team because he um, he's used to having a this sort of like stream forward stream of players to pick out, and now there's no one to pass to anymore. Um, so yeah, I think he's massively overvalued in uh, in the current team, um, and I would invest your money elsewhere. I mean, I've sent sent all season, but I think don't don't buy him. Look elsewhere. And just as a, a stat thing, I think Ben, you mentioned how far off De Bruyne is from Suchek's points this season. I think it's eight. <laughs> Eight points. Five yeah. points with Suchek's bonus, I think. Wow, so. okay. So he's closing in on him. Right. So with that double double game week coming up, Suchek's the man to watch. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it really is. Um, although he's... Oh, he this is a bit of a side, but um, David Moyes, you know, used to love uh, Fellaini, right? Suchek is the modern Fellaini. He is incredible in the air, plays a similar position. He is just for Lady Regen. For I, just don't, I don't know if he has the same quality of chest control. That was David Moyes' favourite feature. Chest control. But the heading is definitely, they're definitely equal, I feel like. Wasn't, on, better, actually. wasn't it on Moyes' one of his uh, press conferences? He was asked why he'd bought Fellaini, what were his qualities? And he said, oh, he's got brilliant chest control. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's true, and that actually, it was so good that Van Hal used it as like a weapon that like won us the FA Cup. Like, yeah. it was actually a thing. We boots it long to the corner where Fellaini's standing, or chest it down, like a whole yeah. season of that. <laughs> um, you just know Moyes is drilling Suchek on that every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, our next topic, we kind of teased it earlier. This is one for you, Andy. Uh, Liverpool defenders, but not as we know it. So what's this all about? Yeah, so the Liverpool defensive crisis continues, um, particularly badly hit at centre-back with, with injuries this season. Um, today, Joel Matip um, went off in the middle of the match with what looked like a groin injury, which tends to be... Um, like It wasn't like an impact injury. He sort of just randomly pulled up and, and started holding his groin, so it looks like he's in a bit of trouble. Um so where that leaves us right now is that the sort of the, the red and yellow flags, Matip, Van Dijk, Gomez and Tim Kass, who probably is more expensive than uh, the next most expensive defender, are all injured. So the only fit defenders, obviously Fabinho's moved to centre-back, but now he's got to choose between Reese Williams, um, Nathaniel Phillips, is it? Yeah, Nat Phillips. Or Jordan Henderson at centre-back. So, um, Reese Williams came on today to replace Matip, um, and at four point naught, he looks like he might be an absolute bargain if he's going to play first team for Liverpool at, at, at that price for, for the next few games. Um, possibly a real bargain, yeah. Just it's crucial that Matip injury, if it's a long term one, then great, but if it's not, if it's not, and there's a potential of rotation between Phillips and Williams, like they did in Europe. And the Premier League, when there were injuries, you know, a month or so ago, you weren't sure who was going to play, and kind of Klopp didn't have a first choice between the two of them, as far as I could tell. You can, uh, four point nine, maybe you can carry that. Yeah, no, you definitely can. I mean, if I'm replacing Kilman with a Liverpool defender, it's not bad, right? Yeah, that's it. And he, he, as a centre back, it's unlikely that he's going to come on for five minutes at the end to change the game. 
So um, you could just put him in the first team, and if he doesn't play, he gets dropped, and your first sub comes in. I was uh, I was actually considering uh, bringing in Joel Matip. Like it's just it's the kind of transfer you should never consider because he's he is actually priced too much for what he is. Okay, it's a starting Liverpool centre back, but it's five point five, and he's never really going to get you many attacking returns. But these two, I mean, the price is right if if they're going to play. I mean, actually, I was uh, I feel a bit guilty about Matip's injury because the, at the moment when it happened, I was checking out his stats and thinking about transferring him in, and suddenly he pulls up with an injury. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Joel, I didn't mean it. Yeah, yeah, but definitely worth keeping an eye on on the injury to Matip and seeing how long it is. What do you reckon, Ben? Yeah, I think similar take. I would like to see one of them um, play for a couple games. And know how long the massive injury um, is for. Um, I don't like wasting a transfer, even if it's a bit punty on a 4.0. You could maybe do on a wild card, but yeah, I, I think without a wild card, I, I would wait and see. It's so difficult because people are wild carding now before the deadline tomorrow, probably today, yeah. as people are listening to it, if, if the deadline hasn't already passed. So, but yeah, potentials. Worth taking the risk if you need that 4.0 space on your wildcard. So it's good good timing for that. Um, the last topic is DCL and Jack Grealish. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Jack Grealish, both of them have some tough fixtures. Both of them are single game weekers. So good for game week 18, but not so good for game week 19. Um, what do people think? Are they players that should just stay in your team? because um, they've been so consistent and so good for us up to this point or are they is it worth swapping them out for these bad fixtures and, and using the cash elsewhere or bringing someone else what do you reckon Ben yeah so this is quite a dilemma I, I'm not bench boost I'm not planning to bench boost in 19 because I don't think I can get a decent bench out um, so for me I think it makes sense to keep uh, Grealish and Calvert-Lewin. Um, Villa are a really good team. Um, are, are they top four? They're close to top four. Um, and I, I think Grealish will still... He, he definitely has a tough fixture run, but I, I still think if Villa do something, he's always involved. I, I remember him putting one in the top corner against Man U last season. Um, so I don't feel too bad about keeping him, um, even in that. Oh, go ahead, Duncan. I was just going to say, like, I totally agree. They they seem to be really good, and I actually don't feel so bad about their their bad fixtures. But it's also the lack of replacements. Like at his price, there's kind of Zaha, right. who's completely fallen off a cliff since his early season form. But I mean, who else is there? Yeah, exactly. I, I was racking my brain, and I think you either have to go up to like a premium or like a Rashford Son type to make it worth it, um, and that doesn't really work for my team. Um, so I'm going to keep Grealish, uh, Calvert Lewin. Um, I think is more of a question um, in the sense that without without like Richarlison who who has a concussion protocol um, they do look a lot more blunt. Um, but 
I think I, I'm planning to keep Calvert-Lewin as well. Just in, I have a lot of value tied up in him for his price too. Like he, he's you know good enough in the sense that even when he's not scoring the last couple of weeks, he he gets like an assist or two just to keep ticking over. Um, but I, I I definitely think there is a good case to get rid of DCL if you because just because he's so highly owned, if you need a differential. Um, he may not be a, a bad shout, but similar, similar to you, Duncan. Like, no, no one good at his price point either. No, it's another thing where you have to either go up to Kane or Vardy, or come all the way down to Bamford, Adams, that kind of thing. Watkins looked really, really sharp, didn't he? But he's obviously a single game weaker with some tough fixtures. The thing with um, with those two is that you can do both, right? You can make the same decision on both of them and go up with one and down with the other. Yeah, um, and obviously with with my position being uh, looking for differentials, that's effectively what I've done. Um, that's like I've got Suchek and Martial in their places, right? If I didn't have those two, it would be Grealish and DCL taking their places in the team. Um, so I I think it what to do with those two really depends on how you're doing it against your competition, right? If you if you need differentials and you're looking to to rise up the league, then then twist. But if you're ahead and you're looking to hold position and stick. Um, I agree with Ben that DCL is the uh, is the harder decision of the two because um, without it's not just Richarlison, right? It's Hamas Rodriguez. I don't know what his situation is. He hasn't played the last few weeks. Um, you've got Dinia out as well. He's another big source of um, of crosses for DCL to, to to head in. So I'm really not sure. Like, Gilfie's the only one who can really produce that kind of set piece now in the team, and he seems to prefer shooting from free kicks and passing. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure the ammunition's there for, for DCL to score with, in addition to the fixtures. And the lack of double game week. And the lack that's, of double game week as well for both of them. big, yeah. Yeah. So, sounds like Grealish is a hold and DCL is probably a man to shift at the moment. But if you're like Ben and you've got a lot of value tied up, then it's tricky. So, yeah, and where you are where you are in the league is um, an important thing. Okay, well, that's kind of, that's our topics covered. So do we want to have a, a look at the listeners league, uh, Ben, and see how people are getting on? Yeah, can do. Uh, so this is the listener league before Wolves Spurs finishes. I'm still praying that Son and Kane <laughs> will do nothing. Um, so top, I'll go through the top five this week. Uh, we have a new leader, this is going to be painful, painful listening for Andy. It's uh, Michael Chen. It's our new leader. Oh, my God. Are you joking? Friend of the podcast. <laughs> Friend of the podcast. Um, has Emmy Martinez. Has Carl Walker-Peters, who got eight points. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, Bamford. Still with Son and Kane left. Um, and Salah captain. So, um, Mike doing really well. Good job, Mike. Uh, Morton Leongbo has dropped to second. Uh, Nick Jones is third um, with 54 points. Eric Toft is fourth, I think, same position as last week. Um, and Darren Axton has supplanted me in the top five with uh, 52 points uh, this week. And he saw Son and Kane to play. Um, he brought in John Stones. Uh, which we haven't talked about too much, but um, looks like he has uh, first team nailed down with Diaz. So uh, not a bad shout. 
Surely that's the first sign of Pep going mad, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and you say first team. First team for now is maybe a better way of framing it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the Listener League. Nice one. And congratulations to Mike at the top. Um, I think that's it from us. If if you don't follow us on Twitter, give us a follow at FPLFFanatics. And if you like the show, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we'd really appreciate it and it would mean that more people can find us. Um, Duncan, so can just... I add one more thing? No. <laughs> yes, of course. Who, who are we captaining this game week? Okay, yeah. So transfers and captains. Should we do it? Ben, over to you. Uh, transfer De Bruyne's son, Captain Salah. Liverpool okay. reaction against a terrible Newcastle team. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Andy, should we just leave it there? <laughs> 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 Thanks for that, Ben. Although no, Spurs I... versus Fulham. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the thing, right? It's, uh, right now, my captain's sitting on Kane um, because it's Fulham. And it's at home. It's a, but then having what I, I, what watching Liverpool, like the last time Liverpool had a bad fixture, the bad result that came out and like, tonked Palace seven 0 shortly afterwards. So I'm a little bit worried about that. I might switch to Salah. Yeah, I think mine with Kane in my team depends on how he does against Wolves, and yeah, we'll have to see. At the moment, he hasn't scored. We're 30 minutes in, so if he comes out and gets two goals, great then, yeah, he's captaincy. But at the moment, I think, oh, it's between Salah and Fernandes. And Ben's comment at the start of the pod, maybe just stick it on Fernandes and leave it on him, is ringing in my ears. So, yeah, Wolves aren't in a great place at the moment. They do always beat Man U. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, but Fernandes loves going behind and then coming back with goals, doesn't he? Uh, Transfer is probably going to be James out, and I have no idea who's going. I'd like the idea of going down quite low and getting a bit of budget. So maybe it'll be a Leeds defender. Um, but that will be against the Allardyce against Big Sam. So at West Brom. So that's, that's probably not going to work. Just don't forget to do it today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the tomorrow. deadline? Yeah. It's so quick, isn't it? Um, yeah. 1.30 on Monday in UK. Okay. And these transfer Suchek Martial. I've you done it. it. Oh, just did, did it. it. Yeah. Andy, Andy loves a live transfer. He always does it on the pod. It's the only way I can not forget. <laughs> it's also like now is a fair enough time. Normally when we're recording a week ahead of the deadline, it's risky, but now it's not so risky. I've just forgotten to do it so many times that I don't want to take the risk. Well, you, you mentioned that and now is the time where me and Matt slowly rise up the ranks because the, the deadline is one, like 24 hours after the game's finished. It's kind of perfect territory for people who are into FBL to to climb up the ranks. Um, so just leaves me to say thank you for your insight, Andy. Thank you very much. And I hope for your sake, Duncan, that this is the start of Arsenal taking points off everyone else, not just Manu. Ah, thanks, man. That'd be good. Um, thank you for your insight, Ben. Uh, welcome. I always love this time of the year because there are a lot of FBL fixtures. So hopefully we can all rise up into the ranks as people yeah. as people are distracted by their real lives and hangovers <laughs> and we win with our fanaticism exactly <laughs> that's what it's all about <laughs> set your alarms 
All right, guys, um, and I will speak to you soon. Thank you.